Hello everyone, I'm Michael Martinez, and welcome to my Sports Pac-12 podcast show. For you uh, first-time listeners, let me give you a little bit of my sports background. I played my college football at UCLA, where I was a defensive nose tackle. I was also drafted by the uh, Los Angeles Angels out of high school. I was a catcher, but drafted as a pitcher, and I've been working in radio now for a number of years on a various levels of uh, various levels of platforms. So that's a little bit about my sports background, and I look forward to doing my monthly podcast show here on Sports Pack 12. On my po- on my podcast show, I'll discuss a wide variety of topics related to Pack 12 football and basketball, with an emphasis on UCLA and in other Pac-12 topics I find interesting and pertinent uh, going into this 2020-2021 uh, season that we can discuss with each other throughout the year. I welcome any questions or comments you might have for me regarding any topic, any questions, anything. I'd love to have engage you with my uh, subject matter uh, throughout the year. All you need to do is just go to sportspack12.com, click the uh, Contact Us drop-down button, and send me your questions or comments, and I will respond accordingly in, in a timely fashion. So I, I, I encourage you, I implore you to engage with me so that we can have a, a, an open dialogue on thoughts and concerns and questions on any subject matter relative to the Pac-12 or anything else that may come across your mind. So let's get started. Today's main topic, as I'll get to later on in the show, will be the subject matter is going to be about UCLA head football coach Chip Kelly. And uh, the question I'm going to pose is, why has Chip Kelly been fired in his last two head coaching jobs with the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers and is at the precipice of uh, being fired for the third time in a row and his third head coaching job going into his third year at UCLA. So we'll get into, into that in greater detail as the show goes on. But first... I want to discuss with you a topic I think it's uh, it's uh, tragic and unfortunate, especially for the Pac-12 basketball conference. Uh, just this past week, the uh, NC2A um, organization called the notice about submitted a notice of allegations sent by the NC2A last week to the University of Arizona. You know, uh, which outlined nine major misconduct conduct. Uh, behavior allegations. You know, back in 2017, the FBI uh, began conducting a, an investigation, and then assistant coach at University of Arizona, Book Richardson, uh, was accused of of um, of steering uh, players to a uh, aspiring upcoming um, agent by. A, gentleman by the name of Christian Hawkins and his partner, Munish sued a financial advisor. Um, it was kind of a pay-for-play type of environment where uh, Book, Book Richardson did admit to receiving $20,000 in bribes. And in return, as I said, he steered players to these gentlemen for potential opportunities for business. Uh, since then, Book Richardson has served federal uh, prison time. And um, so that, as a result, you know, evolved into a major uh, investigation, not only to the University of Arizona, but there were other prominent college basketball programs that were also being investigated. Programs such as Oklahoma State, Memphis, North Carolina State, Kansas, Louisville, LSU. But none of those schools 
were hit with the uh, with the allegations that were as strong as the nine allegations that Arizona was hit with, five of which are what they label as level one allegations, which are the most serious allegations, the most serious charges any university can uh, can have pressed against them for things such as lack of institutional control by the University of Arizona, failure to monitor their the program, uh, lack of head coaching control by then by the now head coaching head coach there at Arizona, Sean Miller, uh, which is a major allegation. These allegations can result into some major, major uh, penalties for Arizona, of which could be reduced scholarships, uh, eliminating post-season play, uh, tournament play, possibly even the firing of head coach Sean Miller. In fact, it's very surprising that Miller has been able to last as long as he has since the beginning of this uh, investigation back in 2017. It's surprising he's been able to last because when the allegations were levied and when it came to the fore, Miller was only um, was only held out of one game. Was only suspended just for one game in 2018 as the head coach, but then was brought back. So, some of the one of the major allegations that really hit Sean Miller score in the face is uh, apparently he was on an FBI wire discussing payment to then high five star high school player DeAndre Anton prior to his commitment to University of Arizona. Um, it was for a hundred thousand dollars. And, of course, Sean Miller uh, uh, has made statements that he's never given any money to any player. But uh, he, apparently he was caught on, on, on a wiretap by the FBI discussing that possibility. And, uh, of course, DeAndre Anton did, go to, uh, did commit to Arizona and did play there, who is now in the NBA. But uh, So those are strong, strong allegations that could result in some major penalties and, and, and uh, that would put the uh, University of Arizona's back basketball program in a bad bad way um uh, the uh, the school arizona has a uh, has 90 days to respond uh so that would uh take the, if they take up the full 90 days that since the uh, they received the letter in october uh, that would take them through january and then the nc2a has 60 days from that point to to give an answer uh, and, and levy the allegations if they're going to be levied at all. So we're talking about, you know, by the time March Madness comes around, um, the University of Arizona is going to be uh, is going to find out their destiny um, based upon their their response to the uh, to the notice of allegations and then the NC2A's response to uh, to their uh, to their follow up. So it's going to be very interesting. Unfortunately, it can be very sad going forward too the end result because if there are nine allegations five of which are level one allegations the most serious charges any school can have against them it's going to be serious they're going to be hit with some they're going to be hit with at least one or two uh if not three or four well who knows maybe you know maybe even all five level one allegations it's it's a it's a precarious situation for for the university of arizona basketball program and, uh, you know, that program is one of the most storied basketball, college basketball programs in the entire country. They have really risen to be, uh, 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 you know, of the creme de la creme of, of college basketball. Uh, Cedric Dempsey, the athletic director back in 1983, hired a young man over from the University of Iowa by the name of Lute Olson. Uh, Lute Olson was the head coach there, and, and uh, he brought that uh, program to prominence. He was there from 1983 to 2007, 
24 years. And uh, he converted that program into being one of the elite college basketball programs in the entire country. Um, from 1985 to 2009, the, uh, <clears throat> the University of Arizona reached the NC2A tournament 25 years in a row. 25 years in a row. There's only one other school that's that's uh, that did better than that, and that was uh, University of North Carolina. They've reached the NC2A tournament 27 years in a row. So Lou Olson has really brought that, uh, put that school on the map, and they've been a perennial uh, conference uh, big big gorilla in the Pac-12 since then, and they have continued to be under Sean Miller, even though um, now with this uh, this dark cloud hanging over their head. There's a strong speculation that uh, things are going to come to an end over there for Sean Miller, which would be most uh, most disappointing and, and unfortunate, not only for Sean Miller as a head coach, not only for the University University of Arizona as a as an elite basketball program, but for the Pac-12 to have them have to uh, you know have one of their uh, top uh, draws in the Pac-12 uh, be sanctioned with uh, harsh harsh penalties. Uh, uh, that will come down the road if, in fact, they are they are uh, found guilty of these allegations. So it's unfortunate. And I, I think another part of the reason why um, the NC2A hit him so hard, you know, during the investigation, uh, Book Richardson refused to cooperate with the organizing body in the investigation. He just said, "No, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to help you guys. Uh, I'm not cooperating." So, of course, that uh, spurned the NC2A to come back, with, hit, a, hit the uh, University of Arizona with some even harder allegations. Maybe if he had cooperated, they may have been a little bit more lenient in their judgment, but he didn't cooperate. So um, that's it. I mean, that's, uh, that's uh, extremely unfortunate and sad if it all comes to fruition right around uh, March Madness time in two, March of 2021. So, and you know, what does that do for his recruiting? There's some recruits that have committed verbally already to University of Arizona. Does that, uh, do they drop out of sight? Do they change their mind? Do they back out? So it could really hamper this, this, this uh, extremely elite program for a long time coming. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see how they all transpires by uh, March of 2021 and see what the end result will be. Wish them luck. But if they're found guilty for these, um, violations then they should be punished accordingly in my view I don't care who you are what program you are if you break the rules you break the rules and um, so be it so we'll find out in a matter of months what happens in March of 2021 to the University of Arizona's basketball program so let's move on now to the main topic at hand which is uh, Chip Kelly Chip Kelly, of course, is going into his third year as the head football coach at UCLA. He's uh, accumulated a 7-17 and overall record, which is abysmal. He was 3-9 and his first year, one of the worst uh, win-loss records in UCLA football history in, over the past 70 years. His second year wasn't much better, only 4-8. Um, so he has improved uh, at a snail's pace, if you want to even call it improvement. So looking back on Chip Kelly, and he and he's going into his third year now as the head coach, and and he is at the precipice again of being fired uh, by UCLA. Of course, this is kind of a peculiar year because UCLA is in all of the Pac-12 and is playing in an, in an abbreviated schedule, only six games to date for sure, uh, with a possible seventh game coming uh, coming into play. But uh, that doesn't bode well 
for Chip Kelly and his football program. Uh, they've made uh, supposedly made some uh, adjustments, especially on defense. But to give you a snapshot of what you, what's been uh, the the plague that, in my view, that's followed uh, Chip Kelly in his uh, in his uh, short stint there at UCLA, and it seems to be a pattern with him uh, with the 49ers as well as with the Eagles. Uh, for example, there just recently this past this week uh, a a uh, backup quarterback, a young man by the name of Colson Yankoff who was a University of Washington transfer last year. He left Washington and came over to UCLA, set out last year and redshirted. So currently he is a redshirt sophomore, has played quarterback, only quarterback since uh, joining the college ranks at Washington, now at UCLA. And uh, supposedly just this past week, he came to uh, Chip Kelly and requested to be changed to change positions. He wanted to change to the wide receiver position and step away from the quarterback position. Now, why is this peculiar? Why is this uh, odd for, in my view? Well, you have two weeks until opening opening day. The Bruins open up on November 7th on the road against Colorado. Uh, you have a quarterback who's played nothing but quarterback since, since he's been in college, going into his third year now. Uh, he's not going to learn the wide receiver position in two weeks. He's not going to learn patterns. He's not going to learn uh, how to read defenses uh, and, and from from wide wide receiver position. He's not going to learn the nuances of a, of a wide receiver. Now, he may have played that in high school sometime. Uh, I doubt. I I don't think so. I think he was a three-year high uh, quarterback and coming out of the state of Idaho, a highly ranked quarterback, by the way. But now he wants to switch to to receiver. He's a big kid, six three, maybe six four ish. Uh, has good size, has uh, good speed for a big kid, but uh, as far as his catching ability, who knows? But the mere fact that he wants to switch positions to already loaded position, you've got all all receivers returning from last year's team. You've got Chad Coda, Jalen uh, Irwin, and of course Kyle Phillips. The only departure was Devin Asiasi, who uh, went on to, to the NFL early. He left early, and now he's with the New England Patriots. But other than that, and then he's got he's got a lot of redshirt freshmen and sophomores in the backup positions that have been playing wide receiver positions since they've gotten there. So he is definitely behind the eight ball learning, learning the nuances of the wide wide receiver position. That is Colson Yankoff. So, but I can tell you from experience, uh, being a college football player at UCLA, uh, when guys do that, they're desperate. They feel they, they haven't been given a chance to really uh, have an opportunity to compete or maybe the, the the position they're they're playing at, the guy in front of them is just that much better, and he, they they don't they don't see a chance of, of of playing. Well, I think it's the first of the two. Under Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly has a definite focus on on making DTR Dorian Thompson Robinson his guy, regardless of how badly Dorian Thompson Robinson has played in the past. He's kept him in there. He's kept him the man. I thought Austin Burton last year's backup should have had more of an opportunity to play, but he didn't. Therefore, what did Austin Burton do? He left. He left. He left. He went on his way, and now is at the University of Purdue. I think. I think the same thing is happening to Colson Yankoff. I think Colson Yankoff, although he hasn't played at all, at least Austin Burton played a little and produced. Yankoff has just been practicing. I think Yankoff has determined that, regardless of how well he practices and shows his his worth in practice. Uh, uh, Coach uh, Chip Kelly is not going to give him an opportunity to compete, a legitimate uh, opportunity to compete to dis to, to dislodge uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, 
So he figures, what the heck? You know, I'll just, you know, I don't want to sit here in the pine, just uh, you know, wait my turn, and while I can maybe get in the rotation or you know, learn as much as I can at the wide receiver position and maybe play there. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's too far behind in that position to learn the nuances and be effective. I might be wrong, but I think he's, uh, you know, coming out of the state of Ohio, Idaho. He was an outstanding quarterback, four-star quarterback, and with a lot of upside. Uh, going into uh, going into college, but you know he left uh, he left Washington to come to UCLA for more of an opportunity, and it looks like uh, he is determined he's not going to get that opportunity at the quarterback position. Mind you, he was the second string quarterback behind Dorian Thompson Robinson. You know, I mean, uh, you, you know, after, after him, you have you have two walk-ons on the roster and 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 two uh, uh, scholarship players. Uh, you had Chase Griffin, who was a Richard freshman, and then of course incoming freshman uh, McGuire uh, from uh, New Hampshire coming in. Uh, but uh, the other two guys are walk-ons. Uh, you know, uh, Chase Adderpos and, and Blake Kirshner are two walk-ons. So you got you got one redshirt freshman, one true freshman that are scholarship players, and then two walk-ons. Are now the backup uh, guys that are vying for, uh, for uh, behind Dorian Thompson Robinson. It, it, it would behoove uh, Colson Yankoff to stay where he's at, which is backup behind Thompson Robinson, because based on DTR's performance the last two years, he has not been consistent unless he has improved dramatically in this last year. Uh, he has a long way to go just to be average. Um, so, how does this relate to Chip Kelly being at the precipice of being fired for the third time in a row? Well, you know, with this abbreviated, very odd schedule, the Bruins have only six games to date, possibly seven, six scheduled. Um, it, with, you know, if, if he doesn't get to at least four game, four a uh, four win season, in my view, he's gone. Okay, and with the schedule as it's rolled out, and it's not favorable to UCLA, uh, it, it doesn't. It looks bleak. I mean, they may come away. As I see the schedule right now, there's only two games on the schedule I see on paper that might be a win. Of course, they open up on November 7th, which is a Saturday, on the road against Colorado, whose new head coach is a former Bruin and a former Bruin head coach, Carl Durrell. Uh, who knows what can happen there? You know, who knows? And then, they, of course, then they come home and play Utah, who was last year played in the Pac-12 uh, Conference Championship game and lost to Oregon. Uh, but they play Utah at home. And then the third game, they traveled to Pac-12 champions last year in Rose Bowl champions, the University of Oregon. They go up to, to Oregon and play them away. And then they come home and play Arizona. Now, Arizona and Colorado are probably the only two teams on that on that uh, schedule that I can see as a possible wins. Because the only the other two games are Arizona State University, which they play in, in Arizona. And then they come home and play SC and finish out the season unless they play a seventh game. So of those six scheduled games, I see on paper two possible wins. I see four probable losses, if not more. I mean, so, you know, I don't know, you know, how this relates to uh, the keeping Kelly going for a fourth year. It doesn't, in my view. It doesn't at all. So if Kelly doesn't get... um, you know his his uh, his uh, at least four wins. You know I I, I think this th- this this thing's over for him. Okay, and how does this relate to his coaching? Because because Co- Kelly has made, in my view, some coaching and player personnel blunders that have directly impacted that win loss record of his of being a, an overall seven and seventeen head coach so far. You know, for example, uh, you know player personnel going into his third year, Chip Kelly has. Uh, 
there have been 60 players that have left the program for one reason or another under Chip Kelly. 60. Heck, I mean, in a, in a normal season, you only have, you only allowed 85 scholarship players. So think of that. And there's been some very good players that have left and gone elsewhere and that are producing elsewhere that, I could, that could have helped Chip Kelly win in his first couple of years. But because Chip Kelly has a tendency to project being wanting to be the smartest college football coach in the country, it's very rare that he ever admits to making a mistake or or admits to making adjustments that maybe uh, you know were lack of uh, foresight initially. He just doesn't do that. Okay, he doesn't do that. Um, another example for that would be uh, uh, Jerry Azanero, the defensive coordinator, going into his third year. Azanero has been an abysmal defensive coordinator. He's never been a successful defensive coordinator. As three years as a defensive coordinator at Duke. Um, he 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 finished uh, uh, over finished 100th over 100 twice in, uh, in in 89th his third year okay out of 130 um, Division one college football teams okay he never finished better than 89th uh, uh, defense in the country while at Duke never finished better than 89th at the University of Massachusetts he finished uh, over he was over 100 out of 120. He, he never finished better than 100. And at UCLA, in his first two years, he's never finished better than a, better than 100 in his first two years. So, so he's going into his third year as far as a track record as being a defensive coordinator, all failures. And yet, what does Chip Kelly do? He retains him as a defensive coordinator. Now, recently, Chip Kelly has brought over two additions to the defensive staff that have been welcome additioned. additions. Johnny Nansen from SC is now the defensive line coach. Comes over with a with a plethora of knowledge, a, a, a great motivator, a fantastic recruiter, and just a great reputation with players. A really players uh, coach. Um, and then Brian Norwood, who had come over from Navy as a defensive backfield coach and at the same position at UCLA. He was hired as defensive backfield coach, but has had great experience as a uh, as a defensive coordinator too at various locations and brings uh, the knowledge of his 4-2-5 defense. They ran very successfully at Navy. So there's been a lot of scuttlebutt and a lot of inquiry about the new defense, the 4-2-5 defense that UCLA, UCLA is now employing. And when asked recently in an uh, interview, uh, Kelly was asked, you know, how does Brian Norwood's influence bringing over his experience and his schemes in his 4-2-5 defense that they ran at Navy um, helped you at UCLA, what you're running now? Uh, so what's Kelly's response? His response is, is in, in his inimical style, very arrogant and pompous. He said, well, you know, that's really not anything new. We've been, that's basically our nickel package. We've been running from day one, maybe with a little variation, a little player personnel uh, 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 change, maybe some lineup ch- uh, position changes, but really it's our, it's our basic nickel defense with some little tweaks to it. Instead of saying, you know what, good point. Brian, new defensive backfield coach, Brian Norwood, has brought over some new and exciting schemes. He's brought, us, brought over some fresh new ideas over from Navy that we've employed. We've instituted in our in our new defensive scheme, our revamped defense, and we're excited about it. So far, it's produced pretty good results for us in practice. We're going to continue using them, and it looks like it's going to be uh, very, very uh, hopeful for us in this 2020-2021 season. Instead of saying that, he says, no, it's just basically our nickel defense we've been running all along. Kelly's inability to admit that maybe he made some, some 
personnel, some coaching personnel uh, decisions by, you know, by keeping Jerry Azanero as the defensive coordinator. And instead of not giving Ryan Norwood some credit for bringing over some new fresh ideas and from the defensive scheme standpoint in the new 4-2-5 defense, uh, he, he resorts to his, uh, you know, not really. It's something we've been doing all along. And we just added a few here, a few there. Kelly's pompous, arrogant stubbornness to admit that uh, he's not the brightest college football coach in the country has really hampered him, just as it's hampered him on the NFL level. Okay, when he had some personnel issues with the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, he gets rid of LaShawn McCoy, their, their best running back at the time. He got rid of Deshaun Jackson, one of their best wide receivers at the time. He had some issues with some offensive linemen. In his first two years at, at uh, Philadelphia, he had winning seasons. He won 10 games in both years. And then they gave, they turned over the reins to him of player personnel. They left him in charge of player personnel. That's when he went sideways. That's when players really got disgruntled with him. And he was fired. Okay, he was fired. Goes over to San Francisco. In one year, they were 2-14. and 14, A pathetic year. He was fired again. Rumor was he had some issues with not only the GM there, the general manager, but also with some player personnel. Players were, 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 were very disgruntled with Chip Kelly and the way he approached things. So it just overlaps. Okay, he is now having the same kind of issues at UCLA with uh, over in, going into his third year there as the head coach. So Chip Kelly, in my view, uh, you know, is close to getting fired and probably should be fired if, if he doesn't get to at least uh, five game five wins this season. Um, I think he's he's done with the new um, uh, athletic director Martin Jarman coming over from Boston College. Who has great Big Ten experience at Michigan State and Ohio State, and who you know I don't think Martin Jermon's going to give Chip Kelly too far leeway uh, this year, and this would be a great year to kind of to kind of address that issue since since this is a throwaway year anyway with this abbreviated football season because of this COVID-19 hanging over everybody's head. It's just a very peculiar year, so we'll see. Uh, in closing, uh, as I said, I think Coach Chip Kelly is at the precipice of being fired again for the third time in a row as a head coach, and maybe to UCLA's advantage. So, uh, just my point of view. Uh, you know, give me your give me your thoughts. Give me your response. You know, send me your your questions. Send me your comments to sportspack12.com. She, you know, click on that uh, contact us drop down button and uh, shoot me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. But um, that'll be it for my show uh, for this month. That's uh, my, the last hurrah for this month. I hope everything's well for everybody. Please join me again next month in my show. And I look forward to always engaging with you. So everybody stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, we look forward to uh, next time. So from sportspack12.com, I'm Michael Martinez signing off. Have a great one, everybody. And we will talk to you again very, very soon.